Welcome to the Seamland Podcast, I'm your host Seamland, and today I'm playing you a replay of me being on an Instagram Live with Vanessa Essencao. Vanessa is a nutritional consultant from South Africa. I talked about the benefits of calorie restriction and fasting for longevity on her Instagram, vda.nutrition. This episode is brought to you by Self-Decode. Self-Decode is a genetics decoding company. You can get personalized health recommendations based on your DNA and the latest scientific research. They have numerous different DNA reports for different areas of focus like weight loss, longevity, gastrointestinal health, cognition, and even mood. Recently, Self-Decode came out with their 2.0 software that incorporates artificial intelligence in generating DNA reports. Is the most advanced and comprehensive consumer DNA service in the world. You can get a 10% discount with the code SEAM at selfdecode.com. Head over to selfdecode.com and use the code SEAM for a 10% discount on your personalized DNA reports. Buddy, I hope everyone's well. Um, so just before we introduce and bring on Sim while we wait for him, um, we're going to be discussing uh, how to eat less for longevity. Now we know that the big topic these days is how to increase lifespan and to increase the years, the, the quality of the years that we um, live. So to really optimize our health in a way that gives us longevity so that uh, we'd, we'd not kept alive through, you know, chronic medications and um, pharmaceuticals and, you know, just having really poor quality of life. So Sim is someone that I have worked with personally. He has coached me. He's an incredible human being, just so practical. Um, he's from Estonia. Um, he's an international coach. So if anybody does want to work with him, he's really, really phenomenal. Just super practical and um, just a wealth of knowledge. And um, he's also written many books that you can purchase. Um, one of them that I highly recommend is Metabolic Autophagy, um, which is all about the things that we're going to be discussing today. And if anybody does have any questions, you're welcome to post them while we're discussing it. I do read everything and um, it's obviously very a, a very topical subject. We've always looked at longevity in a different way. So we've looked at it more um, in terms of... Um, how we look, not our internal aging. And just recently, there was an incredible, um, I believe incredible, and I'll discuss it with Sim as well, um, paper released by Cara Fitzgerald, where they released uh, a whole lot of research that showed that people are able to reverse their biological age in within eight weeks, just purely by diet, lifestyle, supplementation. So we're gonna be discussing that as well. and. Just in the beginning, um, when I first released that I'm going to be discussing um, longevity and how to eat less and why eating less for longevity um, is so important, we had a lot of things and queries around. Um... Yes, Sim. Hi. Hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Good. We good. Good. Thank you. So nice to have you back on. Yeah, I'm uh, glad to glad to speak with you again. We so much has happened since we last spoke. Um, even just in terms of research and you know things around health and the whole COVID thing and all of that. So it's been interesting times. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just I was introducing you and um, I was just discussing that. 
you have to be the most practical person when it comes to portraying information and just giving it straight up. Um, I love the way you do that and how it's just so easy to just implement in a very practical way. There's always, you always seem to um, demystify the magical aspects that people often talk about, right? Mm. Just make them... Well Right. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like you um, have to make it very uh, easy to digest and the average person, you know, doesn't have the attention span to uh, understand those things or to pay attention. So you have to kind of yeah, make sure if you at least like if you want to spread the information and you have to make sure yeah. they're still, you know, uh, something easy to understand and something easy to kind of uh, grasp fast. Yes, 100%. And you do that so well, I must say. I was just saying I've personally worked with you as well. And um, it's, it's really awesome to be able to uh, trust someone enough, you know, with your health and their, their knowledge base is credible. And I think you're very authentic and ethical in your approach, which is very important. It's not like you're trying to sell a million things, you know, which we always have mm. to be careful of these days. Um, right. And also, you know, uh, I, was, I was just talking about uh, our topic, eating less for longevity. We know that um, what's been proven to really uh, increase lifespan is caloric restriction, right? It's one of the things that has really been proven. Um, mm -hmm. And when I first promoted the live, I got a bit of backlash saying, you know, we can't, uh, we have to be careful not to promote eating disorders. And I think fasting has also got a lot of that where you, you almost, for the people that are more vulnerable to compulsive behaviors, tend to feel that we're promoting behaviors that are irresponsible in a way. And, mm. you know, I always say, when we say eat less, it doesn't mean starvation. Um, there's a way of eating less that you can get a lot of nutrients. Um, and just to start, Sim, recently there was uh, the paper published by Cara Fitzgerald, how to reverse biological age. Well, they did a study and they reverse biological age in eight weeks, which I think is mm. really relevant to our topic today. Because if mm. you look at how they structured their meal plan and what they ate, what supplements they took, um, as well as their lifestyle modifications, it was for me a great way of eating, um, as well as um, just practical. It's how, what we should be doing. Do you want to touch on that a little bit? Mm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I remember that paper as well, and uh, it was uh, pretty like rapid results in terms of just eight weeks being able to reverse the biological age, and uh, like it wasn't something that uh, none of us could do or uh, or couldn't do. Like it's a uh, it's very uh, easy changes that they made, and uh, yeah, it wasn't like something like magical. They didn't even take like any other like anti aging supplements, just you know the regular ones and. Uh, most of the results probably came from just the diet itself and all the adjustments. So what they did was uh, they did uh, some form of this uh, time machine eating uh, where they confined the reading window and uh, they did in some sense like a slightly lower carb uh, uh, diet, although not like a completely ketogenic diet. And, uh, but the diet itself was high and like these um, uh, metal donors, uh, they ate a lot of like uh, leafy greens and uh, things like that. And they also had, uh, like, um, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, then it was like they had like this um, small amount of liver pretty regularly all the time, uh, yes. so to say. And uh, th that was something that um, was a good way to get the nutrients. Uh, 
without experiencing again, again like nutrient deficiencies and things like that. And it, and it wasn't like a vegan diet either. Like it wasn't um, even plant based. It was like actually ate a good amount of a meat as well. Uh, so uh, yeah, it was like actually really kind of a well structured um, a diet in terms of uh, being moderate in the carbs and uh, high in nutrients and uh, also embracing other things uh, good for longevity like uh, the exercise they did time seed eating uh, stress management was probably there and some supplementation i not, not remember specifically which supplements but uh, they did have uh, like a good uh, not like yeah, they didn't take like nad boosters or something like that and uh, i think they did like some um, metal Excellent. metal donors yeah uh, I think there was curcumin uh, to reduce inflammation, if I recall. Uh, mm -hmm. Just basic omega-3 supplementation. It was it was actually very doable, but the results were phenomenal. I mean, it's the first uh, human trial that I've seen that have um, really, you know, uh, shown significant results. We just say, people are saying they can't hear us. I just put my sound up. Uh, well, I think they can. I think it was just the one individual. Okay. All right. Perfect. Um, and so what is, in your view, longevity? Um, what does it mean? Is, uh, you know, I, I, people often assume that it's to you, look youthful for a long period of time. But obviously, we're talking about, uh, you know, internal aging as well and brain and all of that. So it's quite important to touch on not only the aesthetic part, because the aesthetic part is one aspect, but with regards to longevity, you know, how we age in a way that increases lifespan, that we still switched on, that we've got energy, that we um, have good muscle uh, as well. You know, muscle is the organ of longevity, um, you know, where we, we feel good and we able to really increase our lifespan without this, you know, keeping ourselves artificially uh, alive through pharmaceuticals mm. and a cocktail of medications. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think for me, uh, longevity is a lot uh, synonymous with uh, health span, uh, which is kind of different from uh, lifespan. So lifespan is your uh, your uh, chronological age, how long you stay alive, whereas like the health span or the longevity is more like the biological age of like how young your body is and uh, how healthy you are for how long. So, uh, like a long health span would mean that you have, you know, yeah, like um, good muscle mass and good health, uh, even in your later years, uh, compared to other like peers. And you're like independent. You don't have to be on meds. You don't need like a, you know, like a wheelchair or um, like that to move around. You're like able to do physical uh, activities. You're able to like, you know, get off the floor without much assistance. You're able to have like, yeah, like a good cognition and good brain function, those kind of things. Uh, so yeah, I think that um, that's what longevity means for me as well, to just be able to be fit and uh, functional for as long as possible and, uh, and uh, maintain this uh, vitality in a sense, like a youthfulness. Yeah, I agree. I think we all strive for that, right? It's the one, one thing that we always take for granted is our health until something goes wrong, you know? But also mm. on a positive note, it's incredible how, I'm sure you've seen it as well, even if you are, um, you know, in your 70s and 80s, just certain lifestyle modifications can reverse a lot of, um, you know, the aging that we, you know, often in conventional treatments, they say, well, this is it, you know, this is how you're just aging and there's nothing you can do. 
and how rapidly you can transform through lifestyle modifications, specifically through nutrition. Nutrition is incredible. Um, and, you know, in terms of things that we can do on a daily basis to really optimize our health, you give a lot of information um, around nutrition. But a lot of the guys that are pioneering, um, like Sergi Young and Volta Longo, they seem to promote the plant-based approach. So they, they're really concerned with mTOR and uh, protein and all of that. But could you touch on that? Because I also feel that mTOR is activated by excess consumption of nutrients, so excess calories in general. So it's not only mm -hmm. protein. But what is it about, the, why is it that they promote this plant-based vegan approach with minimal amounts of animal products um, and, and they don't really refer to the quality of the animal products per se. Even with regards to the blue zones, a lot of the research was done and some of that research is actually incorrect. Um, mm. I just want your view on that because it's, it's quite a topical thing and people are always are so confused around that. Right. Um, yeah, well, I think uh, like a more plant-based diet, um, the reason why it has... Uh, a positive effect on longevity would be because the plants are generally lower in calories. So, uh, because if you're eating, uh, you know, very low calorie vegetables and plants, then you're going to inevitably gain less weight and uh, you will be healthier as a result of that. So you slow down the biological aging uh, uh, through that, just, just through this uh, calorie restriction side. And whereas like meats or bacon or, you know, <laughs> meats, That's those kind of things, so yeah, super high in like calories, and it may not even necessarily be the meat that you uh, experience accelerated aging. It may be just because of the higher calorie consumption. So uh, the body can deal with a lot of things, and uh, it mostly comes down to like the balance between you know repair processes and uh, and uh, oxidative processes. And the excess calorie intake itself is just one of the uh, ways uh, by which you uh, experience accelerated aging, so to say. And uh, if you eat less and that's where the body is forced to kind of, uh, or the body will experience less damage as a result. And uh, it will also maintain a slightly higher expression of these other longevity genes because of being in this under energy deprived state uh, that you can also mimic with other things like exercise or indoor fasting and things like that. Um, with regards to like mTOR, then uh, I do think that, uh, you know, obviously Excess mTOR could be uh, something to worry worry about, but there's not like real, you know, it's not clear in humans. It's uh, only only found to have this negative effect on aging in like cell cultures or uh, like mice or some stuff like that. Um, whether or not it applies to humans is hard to tell. But you know, if you were to be cautious with that, then um, or to if you were to be worried about that, then um, it may make sense to be a bit more let's say, uh, restrictive uh, with the protein, but obviously you don't want to be too low protein to the point where you experience like sarcopenia and muscle loss, because that will uh, also increase the risk of your other age-related diseases like uh, obesity and diabetes and metabolic syndrome uh, and osteoporosis. So um, yeah, if you live longer, but you break a hip and die, then you know it doesn't matter that uh, you were restricting uh, protein. Um, I do think that... Uh, you know, because the protein isn't the only thing that uh, expresses uh, mTOR. So things like uh, carbs, excess uh, carbohydrate intake, high blood sugar like diabetes, uh, excess insulin, and uh, basically a, a very high eating frequency 
uh, all those things will have also like an activation effect on mTOR. So it's not just meat. Um, yes. So, um, and, um, you know, theoretically, at least that's what I talk a lot about in uh, one of my books, Metabolic Autophagy, is that uh, the eating frequency is probably uh, one of the kind of determining factors whether how much mTOR you express uh, during the daytime or throughout the day, because, you know, there's a still like a limit to how much mTOR you can uh, express. So it, <laughs> let's say you eat two meals a day, and uh, it doesn't mean that in those two meals, you express mTOR as much as you eat calories, so to say. You eat your daily calories in two meals, it doesn't mean that you still express a higher expression of mTOR. The, the eating frequency, if you eat six times a day, then you're still gonna get more expression of mTOR because you're spiking that more often throughout the entire day, versus you do it twice or once, then it uh, you're getting much less expression of that because the uh, it caps off at, after a certain uh, point, so to say that yes. the uh, the ceiling is hit uh, after a certain intake of energy. And uh, to over overcome that rate limiting factor, then you would have to just increase the eating frequency. Uh, so if you're eating uh, basically snacking all the time and spiking your blood sugar and insulin throughout the entire day, and then you're keeping your mTOR elevated uh, all the time, uh, whereas compared to doing some form of this uh, time exceed eating. Even if it's high protein, then uh, just the mere, because you're doing it in a very smaller time frame, then it um, essentially, in theory at least, uh, would uh, compensate for the higher protein intake. So you don't have to basically restrict your protein intake as long as you're, um, you know, making sure that you're not overeating calories, as long as you're making sure you're not diabetic, as make, making sure that you're not, you know, spiking your insulin and spiking your blood sugar throughout the enti entire day all the time. And maybe if you're doing some form of time receipt eating, then uh, it should counterbalance the mTOR expression as well that you would get from uh, a higher protein intake. And I think that the uh, when it comes to mTOR, then it's not necessarily just or the, the reason why they're afraid of protein may not be also, like they say, it's the mTOR, but the actual, actual reason why I would be worried about uh, excess protein intake would be methionine. Mm -hmm. uh, so methionine is also one of the uh, amino acids that in excess has been associated with uh, aging and uh, cancers and things like that. And the methionine works through mTOR, uh, but you can also get like excess methionine even if you're not really, or even if you're doing like, if you're, if you're spiking mTOR like once or twice a day. And methionine you get mostly from muscle meat and uh, eggs. So those kinds of uh, high animal protein foods. And uh, that I would, at least personally, I do think that, yeah, if you're getting too much methionine, then that may have like a negative effect on the biological aging. Uh, and um, to prevent that, like you could re reduce your protein intake, uh, which would reduce methionine, uh, but reducing protein intake would also, you know, make it more likely that you get like osteoporosis or something, um, or you're not able to build muscle. So uh, there are studies that find that the way to overcome that would be to uh, increase the glycine content of your amino acids. So what you need to do is just... Uh, eat less methionine and eat more glycine proteins. Uh, so your glycine is also another amino acid that you get from these uh, more like bone broth parts or these uh, tendons and ligaments and uh, skins and uh, gelatinous things, um, jelly, those kind of things. You get more glycine from that and the glycine is going to counterbalance the methionine. And you could also take a glycine supplement, but the idea is that yeah, if you're eating only muscle meat without the organs, without the tendons, without the jello, then uh, that could potentially yeah, like be bad for uh, aging. And uh, to counteract that, then you just need to increase the glycine. So you don't even need to reduce the uh, methionine intake. 
you just need to increase the glycine to bring it back into balance uh, with uh, methionine. Interesting. So you could take a glycine powder, say, or a supplement mm. for glycine or organ meats, um, and then you would be able to balance out the methionine and the glycine. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that's why I, that's one of the biggest reasons why I like the glycine um, as a supplement as well to kind of yeah, counterbalance also. the uh, methionine. Yeah. Also, I also enjoy it. Um, and also, so just to touch on that. Protein is also very satiating. So it's not like protein is not like cookies where you can eat the whole packet of cookies. Nobody really eats like four salmon steaks or, you know, uh, three packets of bultong or whatever it is. Um, but mm -hmm. it's very, it's very easy to overeat the other macronutrients and increase your calories. Whereas the nutrient density of protein I find is very satiating. So it balances your blood sugar levels. It's high in key nutrients. So you don't even need a lot of it. Um, and I personally, you know, I used to be predominantly vegan. And every year I would do my blood work. And I was knowing what I know. And I was, I was just looking at this blood work. And it wasn't great, you know. Um, and it was interesting the minute I introduced some liver and just small amounts of eggs, even twice a week the transformation in my blood work was incredible. So mm. my testosterone, my B vitamins, my um, ferritin levels, uh, thyroid function, all of that just, just improved significantly. And even my, um, my, my insulin and all of that, because I think when I was very plant-based, I was eating, because it's not as satiating, so you eat a lot more in a day throughout the day. So I found I was having salads and vegetables and all the good stuff and then i was snacking on nuts and this and and continuously snacking because i actually wasn't satiated um so mm. this is just a personal experience and i found that it it was quite a difficult thing mentally to change um but then i started understanding you know the quality of the protein is very important i don't actually need an excessive amount and just eating two meals a day with still a lot of plants but you know with good amounts of, of protein it really helped um me in terms of uh, my biology but also how i felt um mentally and all of that it's, it's really incredible so mm -hmm. some of your nutritional guides is what people want to know a lot about um obviously i did mention before you came on the book metabolic uh, autophagy which um covers a lot of what we're discussing today and it actually helps people um, with a meal plan for the specific purpose. But what are some things that people can do to one, uh, lower insulin in a day? So as we mentioned, the most satiating food so that you actually eat less naturally without starvation, without being nutrient, you know, void of nutrients. And then some lifestyle things like um, red light therapy, a little bit of hormesis is very good. You can discuss that as well. Um, you know, the the importance of sleep for longevity as well, um, how you replenish the neurotransmitters in your brain and reset all of that and clear it out simply by getting adequate sleep. So do you want to touch on some of those? Mm. Uh, yeah, sure. Like uh, I can start with some of the, let's say, easiest things to do for the longevity side uh, to keep on topic that uh, one of the things to do for to the two for the longevity aspect uh uh yeah i i think that the um 
you know, you don't need to be like super worried about the protein when it comes to uh, uh, longevity, uh, because yeah, like the evidence is uh, quite weak <laughs> in terms of that the protein restriction would help with the humans to live longer. And the like the long longest living humans, uh, they've never been like vegan or they've never been uh, on this low protein diet. They've already all, all eaten uh, good amounts of meat and uh, not really like uh, been uh, on some sort of like a special diet. Uh, what what the commonalities for them has always been just the uh, moderate intake of calories. So they may, may not even be like a calorie restricted, but they're always like just moderate with the calories. So they're not obese. They're not overweight. They're not overeating uh, food. They're just, you know, eating uh, in moderation. And uh, I think that applies to also the macros that moderate in uh, carbs and moderate in fats and uh, moderate in protein. Um, yes. the, the higher protein, in, and it's also always like whole foods, just the whole foods uh, in terms of... Uh, the quality of the food that it's, you know, um, some vegetables, uh, meats, uh, fish, uh, eggs, uh, some tubers, uh, fruits, maybe a little bit, and those kind of things. It's yeah. kind of always like a good um, focus on to uh, do. And uh, the high protein intake uh, can be for sure beneficial for satiety and uh, body composition as well, uh, which is uh, like another hidden, not really appreciated uh, aspect of longevity, which is like a muscle mass and a bone density. Because yeah, it's very. Uh, there is a huge association between uh, muscle mass and uh, longevity. So um, people who have more muscle mass tend to live longer a bit, and people who have less muscle mass, uh, then their risk of these uh, fractures and uh, osteoporosis is much higher. And they, they, because of that, they may also be vulnerable to just you know, uh, if they break a hip later in the like 70s or 80s, then uh, their uh, risk of dying is actually huge if they have less muscle and less bone density. Whereas those who have more muscle, then the likelihood of them surviving that is a, a lot higher. So, uh, yes. yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> just worthwhile to prepare, be prepared uh, for that. And, um, yeah, make sure that you don't uh, experience something like that, unfortunate. Uh, when it comes to, yeah, like just some precautionary measures for the protein side or even at the calorie calorie side, uh, could be just uh, some aspects of this time restricted time restricted eating. Uh, that is a good way to kind of uh, counterbalance mTOR and uh, lower insulin and uh, lower other uh, biomarkers that are bad for aging, like you know, uh, triglycerides and um, other other insulin and the hemoglobin A1C and uh, those things. Uh, it's always good to uh, keep them lower on, on the kind of, at least within the reference ranges. Uh, so uh, fasting has been shown to uh, benefit them all. But you don't want to be like overdoing it either. Like excess fasting is obviously bad. Um, but some form of this uh, avoiding snacking and uh, limiting some food intake a few hours uh, before bed is for sure like um, a good uh, thing to try and easy to implement uh, for everyone, I think. Uh, and it does have like a beneficial effect on uh, longevity side. It will also like improve your sleep quality to a certain extent, which is of course uh, really critical to uh, make sure that you do actually recover and. Uh, because sleep deprivation will uh, shorten your life uh, quite a lot <laughs> uh, if you're not getting like the adequate amount of sleep on a regular basis. For sure, I agree. I think we all feel we feel it when we don't sleep. We just we're more anxious. We we more we hungrier. We you know sleep is everything. I'd say it's like the number one thing that people should really invest in is good quality sleep and uh, you know to to we almost take it for granted and then you know you find that you you start your hormones start changing um you become a lot more stressed a lot more anxious 
your mood changes, so many things happen with lack of sleep. And I think it's vital um, as a longevity pillar is to get adequate sleep for sure. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I just, uh, so it, for, for a lot of women, um, this whole muscle concept is quite intimidating because um, you know, a lot of people don't know how to eat for muscle uh, or how to sustain mm -hmm. it and how much you actually need to work out. I think um, you probably need to do two, you know, just lift heavy things on a daily basis or do some consistent resistance training. Uh, women, I find, mm. are very obsessed with uh, chronic cardio and that kind oh. of, you know, it messes with their thyroid coupled with a low carbohydrate diet. Um, and then, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but high cortisol levels um, that then lead to thyroid dysfunction in, in a lot of women with the chronic cardio and you have to go on to something like altroxin, which actually leads to sarcopenia because it's uh, a catabolic substance, right? So I just want so just some practical advice because often people who are overweight or obese, it's actually a sign of being under muscled. So that's the actual pathology around it, correct? Um, and it doesn't mean that you're going to bulk up and be this, you know, enormous, uh, with your thighs not fitting your jeans, you know, fitting into your jeans. <laughs> but how does one eat to maintain muscle mass? And how much do we have to work out to keep the consistency, uh, you know, that people are able to actually do? Would you say like 20, 30 minutes, three times a week, twice a week, resistance training, just to give people some idea of what they can do? Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Well. First of all, women, women um, it's much harder for them to build muscle because they don't have uh, testosterone and they have less androgen receptors. Um, so yeah, like um, even if they tried to gain mass, then it's almost impossible for them to do it. Uh, what happens with usually women, if they start to lift weights, is that they get, they get the body that they actually desire. <laughs> so the, the cardio isn't going to give them that. Uh, it's actually the weights that gives them the kind of the toned uh, look, so to say, that they want. Um, and they're not going to get uh, too big because of they have you know, uh, 20 times less uh, testosterone uh, than men do. Um, so yeah, they don't have to like worry about that. Um, what they should do just, and it doesn't have to be like some sort of like heavy lifting or power lifting, uh, <laughs> something like that either. Uh, just any kind of resistance training uh, is uh, already going to be providing the stimulus, at least for the longevity side that, you know, you need to have some muscle and you know, there is no, uh, there is no, um, optimal amount of muscle so to say like um it's always a matter of context and uh you just don't want to become uh, frail and you just don't want to become um yeah obese and you don't want to become uh, um you know too uh, weak you so you should lift something because i mean in the modern world uh, people don't really lift anything they don't you know lift heavy things uh and they don't exert their muscles in a way that uh, requires them to recruit the muscle fibers uh, at like a slightly near maximum uh, effort. So there needs to be some effort, uh, but the way to get there is uh, varies. Like you could get there with like high repetitions and lighter weights, or you could get there with uh, slightly heavier weights and lower repetitions. So there's like multiple ways to get there, but you need to kind of do some form of resistance training. And the resistance training is also like the biggest uh, stimulus for the uh, muscle growth. So if you just eat more protein and you eat extra calories, without the resistance training, then you're not going to see any uh, muscle growth. Uh, you may see increase in lean muscle mass, um, but you also see like an increase in uh, fat mass if you're already calorie, so to say. So the uh, 
where resistance training itself is the biggest trigger that tells the body that it needs to have muscle and even at a calorie deficit that applies. So if you're um, lifting weights at a calorie deficit or even at a low protein intake, then that itself, the weightlifting itself, um, resistance, resistance training itself is the biggest signal for uh, maintaining muscle as well as a build it. It's just much harder to build muscle if you're in a calorie deficit, but it certainly is uh, enough of a trigger to maintain it, uh, even if you are like completely fasted. If you lift weights while completely fasted, then even then you will maintain more muscle um, yeah. than if you weren't, weren't to do it, because the that is the kind of more uh, most important part. Um, but if you want to build muscle and increase like the, some lean mu- muscle mass and uh, like tone toneness then you do uh, need to also uh, obviously lift, but then you also need to eat like a slightly higher protein intake. It doesn't have to be like a crazy high. Depends also like how much protein are you eating right now. Um, yeah. But if I, if I were to give like some numbers, then uh, the numbers would be like around like 1.4 to 2.2 grams per kilogram is kind of the uh, range that uh, of protein intake that you should uh, try to aim for. Uh, you could get away with less maybe um but it's yeah maybe like a slightly longer and a slower process if you do that so the optimal amount is between like um 1.4 to 2.2 grams per kilogram and uh for the body weight let's say females are obviously uh usually lower body weight than men then uh for them let's say like a 50 kilogram uh, woman for them they would a should aim for something like 80 to 100 grams per day something like that and uh if you're like 70 grams or 70 kilograms weighing then for that you should aim for maybe a hundred maybe 90 to 120 130 something like that and if you're like a male 80 kilograms 90 kilograms then for you you should aim for um mm, 140 to 170 60 something like that yes that's some good advice. Thank you. Um, you discussed this in the book as well. You help people work out um, their protein requirements based on mm-hmm. their lean body mass. Um, so what is some of the sort of the latest research in terms of supplements? I know you talk a lot about NAD. Um, a lot of people are also taking metformin um, as a means to, you know, increase longevity. Um and then, you know, things like the nutraceuticals available that reduce inflammation, uh, the statuant uh, activators, AMPK um, activators and all of that. Those are key metabolic pathways that assist the body and almost sometimes mimic the effects of caloric restriction uh, and fasting. But say someone is just doing a 16-8 window, you know, in terms of fasting, they're doing some good resistance training, their meals are are good in terms of, you know, adequate nutrients and protein, um, you know, just keep it quite simple like that. And then adding some key nutraceuticals. What is some of the research that you'd like to share with us that you've come across that you find interesting or relevant? Uh, in terms of supplements or? Yes. Hmm. Well, I, I mentioned the uh, glycine, and uh, that is like yeah, my one of my favorite uh, supplements, uh, mostly because of the methionine uh, reason that it balances methionine, and uh, yeah, like I don't eat like a lot of foods that have glycine 
uh, that much. Uh, even if I did, I would still maybe use it a little bit as a supplement because, um, yeah, like there's not, not, not a lot of like, there's the uh, like lethal, lethal dose would be like almost, I don't know, several uh, kilos or something uh, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it's very hard to like overdose. And it has like other benefits as well. Like it lowers uh, blood sugar and uh, lowers body temperature, uh, lowers inflammation. So it's a generally like a good uh, yeah. supplement and, and it boosts uh, glutathione, so to say. And it's also a part of uh, collagen. So you can also stimulate the collagen synthesis with that as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great supplement. I like it. I take it uh, every day. Um, another like a longevity supplement could be like uh, magnesium itself because uh, magnesium is like a master mineral involved in uh, almost all processes in, inside the body and uh, a lot of people may not be getting enough of that it's kind of a safe bet to take as well and so it has like very few uh, side effects mm. i think uh, like a longevity supplement could also be like a creatine actually which is considered to be um, considered to be like a bodybuilding supplement but it has Cognitive effects. It's a part. It's a metal donor. It's good for the bones. It's good for yeah, obviously strength and the power. Uh, but yeah, it's many other functions. It also um, makes it something that uh, actually many people uh, could benefit uh, from, unless they're eating like a lot, lot of uh, muscle meat, uh, which yes. a lot of people aren't. Yes. Thank you. Um, and then lastly, I'd like to know um, you, you, you you often eat one meal a day, correct? You have for years, you've posted, you've got YouTube videos about it. And um, if some, for some people that is quite scary to eat one meal a day because we've been so accustomed to, you know, we trained that we have to eat a lot of meals all the time and things, bad things will happen if we don't eat and all of that. And I think it's obviously very individual. Um, and we all have different physiology, but uh, you seem to do really well with that pattern of eating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As I mean, you've, you've maintained muscle, you, you in good health. Um, so it is something that, you know, it's always so tricky because people say, you know, wow, I'd, they'd love to do it. And then, you know, they come across all these stumbling blocks that happen um, you know, maybe not enough salt, not enough electrolytes, how to eat around your fasting and all of that. How many years have you been doing it for? Uh, the one minute they have been doing like uh, five years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, like, it's not like, it's not like, it's not like 100% one meal. It's a like one and a half meals <laughs> or something. So I, yeah. I do have like some uh, amino acids uh, usually in the fastest state and uh, during my workout, I still have like a protein shake. Um, yeah. So like if I were to do only one meal a day, then I wouldn't be able to like build muscle. Uh, but with this uh, strategies, I am. Um, yes. So yeah, the, the, the one meal a day isn't like a magical thing. It's not uh, superior to other forms of fasting. Uh, I just do it because I like it and it's a convenient uh, thing. And it um, hasn't uh, basically had any negative side effects for me uh, so far. But yeah, for sure, it could be something that uh, uh, for some people could uh, cause low thyroid issues and uh, other things. So yeah. Yes. Do you, do you read that comment? <laughs> <laughs> what comment? This? Yeah, the one, Sim eats a whole reindeer over his eight-hour daily sauna. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, not a, not a, so um, are you writing any new books? What's on, your, when's, what's on the horizon for you? 
Mm. Uh, well, we have uh, finished writing our next book with uh, Dr. James the Nicol Antonio. Yes. Um, it's going to be about uh, sports and the physical performance and physical fitness. And uh, it may come out, like, hopefully by the end of November, actually. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's the one, uh, the next one that is going to be uh, released. That's amazing. I, I, I really enjoyed the immunity fix. I think it came at such a good time in the world to, to write a book based on that. And, I mean, it's, it actually goes in-depth to so many different aspects of your health, you know. Um, so I really, really enjoyed that book. I've got a lot of admiration for both of you as human beings and authors and, um, you know, pioneers in terms of your knowledge and how you portraying that knowledge, I think is, is really, really incredible. Um, I have yeah, a huge amount of respect for you and James, really. I think you, mm. you are both doing great work. Um, and then yeah. we, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you was with regards to, um, just one last thing on nutrition because I got a, a few questions prior to the to the live where um, you know if you if you are wanting to control insulin as a means to regulate your hunger obviously reverse diabetes in South Africa we've got a pandemic of diabetes um, you know we have one of amongst the highest rates of obesity in the world um, second to, I think, Mexico. Um, our children are, are obese. Um, we, yeah, we have, that's a real pandemic in South Africa. And a lot of people, um, I'm sure you know Tim Noakes. He's, he's really assisted in uh, education on a mass scale in terms of reducing, um, you know, with banting and, and just transforming people's mm -hmm. lives like that. There's some good people doing incredible things, but we're sitting with this issue and it seems that, you know, people chop and change how they eat all the time. And nutrition is always evolving. It is something that is continuously evolving. Um, but there's some basics that I believe are fundamental in terms of uh, just reducing your, your body fat, right? Um, and a lot of people struggle to get to the point of understanding because everything is always focused on caloric restriction. And obviously, that's a very important factor. But if you eat in a way that controls your blood sugar levels, reduces insulin, keeps you satisfied, what would that look like? So what, how would you help someone just, say, do breakfast, lunch, and dinner in a way that is nutrient-dense and controls your blood sugar levels? Just how would you do that? Mm -hmm. Um yeah, well, for breakfast, I would still have like some uh, low carb food, like I don't know, eggs <laughs> is a good source of uh, protein and uh, doesn't have like uh, carbs that much. Uh, so some eggs and maybe um, like spinach or, may or maybe like an omelette for breakfast is good. Uh, drink some coffee with that. Uh, you could also, yeah, obviously take some supplements that lower blood sugar and uh, in help with insulin, like uh, chromium, uh, berberine and uh yeah things that aren't necessarily like metformin so some easier kind of blood sugaring agent lowering yes. agents are good for that yes. uh, for lunch i would have maybe i don't know maybe like um some kind of a maybe broth type of thing or a soup 
like a thing with uh, some meat and uh, still lower carb, like, you know, cruciferous vegetables in the uh, liquids, uh, broccoli, cauliflower, carrots, um, maybe tomato sauce, something that's not really going crazy with the carbs, but still um, slightly higher than in breakfast. And then for dinner, some kind of, a, yeah, like maybe salmon, fish, uh, or um, maybe, yeah, steak with, mm-hmm. again, some vegetables. So it's a pretty uh, easy, easy option. Okay. Yeah, that's good. And no snacking, obviously. So those, just those meals, no snacking. And then if mm. somebody does want a sweet treat, right, do you uh, – I'm not a big fan of artificial sweetness so much, but um, would you just say some berries, some fresh fruit, say, at the last meal? Or would you say mm. dark chocolate or uh, I'm not, I don't know what your thoughts are on sweeteners and making desserts out of sweeteners and things like that. But just an idea, if someone is going to want something, what it is that they should have. Mm. Uh, well, hot chocolate is pretty good. <laughs> and uh, you can even add like, you can even add like uh, glycine into there. So glycine is actually pretty sweet uh, if oh, you take it as a powder. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it doesn't lower insulin, but it, uh, it does raise insulin, but it lowers blood sugar uh, by, nice. by raising the insulin a little bit. So, but it still has like the insulin synthesizing effect. Okay, so you'd make cacao with, say, um, nut milks and oat milks are so controversial at the moment, <laughs> but some kind of something, and then, say, add a little bit of glycine with some cacao yeah. powder. That's good. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. Yeah. I might try that tonight, actually. I've got, I haven't ever <laughs> used glycine um, heated up. I sometimes bake mm. with glycine because it, it's like quite thickening, you know? Or you mm. add glycine to soup, so it's also really nice. But I, I'm going to try the hot chocolate tonight. And cacao is yeah. actually really good. So, in a way, yeah. that's, that's a good thing. Um, yeah, you could also make like, you, you could also make like the, uh, just a jello, like a sugar free jello, but you add like glycine or some other berries or something else. Uh, and that it has like a higher glycine content itself as well, the gelatin. So uh, <laughs> like a good uh, treat. So like, um, so for people in South Africa, it would be like a form of jelly uh, that you mm. make with glycine and some berries and it comes that like rubbery consistency. That's actually a really good idea. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good thing. I think you've, you've outlined a lot of good information and some practical tips. And I think we all, always love learning from you um and if people do want to consult with you you are available for co- in- international consultations as well and uh, uh you've, yeah. Yeah, you've got some really great resources uh ebooks that people can purchase i really enjoy enjoyed the metabolic uh, autophagy and your blog is great and all your instagram stories i'm obsessed with i love the way you say you just you make you take the Mickey out of stuff, you know. You you bring you bring humor to the very serious world of nutrition. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, thanks, thanks, I'm glad to hear that. Thank you, Sim, and um, all the best for everything that you do. And I'm excited for the new book as well. Um, I'll I'll keep my audience posted. I like to always do giveaways and things like that, so I think that might be on the horizon as well. Um, so thank you so, so much. If there is anything you want to add, you're welcome to, to discuss it now. Uh, I don't have anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to speak with you. Yeah, thank you so much. You've got a great following. I mean, people are just 
the, the comments for you are just incredible. Uh, I don't know if you've been reading them, but people really admire you and really appreciate the work you do, all the good work you're doing. I mean, the comments are all that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sim is an international right. treasure. There you go. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> thank you so much. Have a lovely evening and thanks for chatting to us. Yeah, you too. All right. You have Bye. a good one. Cheers.